Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 135 of Death Readers, the podcast where Rob and I share our thoughts and notes with each other on the books we're reading for the first time. If this is your first time listening, we suggest reading The Silence of the Lambs from chapters 12 through 23 before listening to this episode. That way you too can follow along. All right. So this is Silence of the Lambs, episode two. Uh, do we have any housekeeping or do you want to get right into chapter 12? I don't think we have any housekeeping. All right, Rob. Well, let's kick it off with... Chapter 12. Summary. This chapter is the famous bug cocoon scene from the film. Clarice and Jack arrive on the scene where they take control of the newly discovered victim's body from local authorities and begin the fingerprinting and other identification processes. They're helped in no small part by Lamar, a local law enforcement... Oh, excuse me, of local law enforcement, who gives them plenty of information about the body only a local would know, and that they otherwise would have missed. The only thing I think I have a problem with is I thought Lamar was the undertaker's assistant, not law enforcement. I don't remember. That's you, okay. I'm going to defer to you on that. Because he's, he's the one who came in with like the slicked back hair and the suit in the movie, because he's the famous, no, sir, that's a bug cocoon. Lots of time, a body pulled out of the water's got leaves and dirt in the mouth. I have no idea if my accent is regionally appropriate. Uh, I wouldn't so, judge you for it. What was it, Elk River, West Virginia? Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. Well. Apologies um, if I'm way off. Okay, it's fine. Um, I just, I, I, when I was writing the summary, I couldn't remember how they introduced him, and I didn't want to go back to find out. Because so... I think it was the mortician said, I'm expected in there, but Lamar will be in to help you in a minute. Okay. Yeah, because that's, that's the guy you'll remember who's got, like, the tufty eyebrows and the bald pate and the big hair. He's like, he's got wrinkly face. And wrong for death. Um, have you seen this film? I have seen it. I'm going to be signing it some more. I just here feel like, the book. I, I mean, I feel like I, I wanted to watch it again, like, three weeks ago or more sure. and i didn't because i was like i should wait till i see the i finish reading the book um do you have any notes in this chapter is that a great big oscar winning movie <laughs> um so what about the young deputies at the very beginning of the chapter do you remember them i'm glad you asked my only note is that i thought lamar was pretty cool so well, your I question because I my, I wanted to just do sorry about that. Just want to do that because my notes worthless. I just think Lamar <laughs> was cool, and I just want to move past it to your question, which was: Do you remember the young deputies at the beginning of the chapter? The ones who were like, "She ain't all that," and the other guys like, "I would fuck her sideways." Those two Gracious, guys. That's not quite how it. That's that's not quite what happened. Um. Okay. When she was far enough away, one of the younger deputies, deputies, a newlywed, scratched beneath his jaw and said, She don't look half as good as she thinks she does. Well, if she just thinks she looks pretty good... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, if she just thinks she looks pretty goddamned good, I'd have to agree with her myself, the other young deputy said. And then, yes, does make a rather crass comment. What is it? What's the comment? I'd put her on like a Mark V gas mask. Yeah. Um, to which the older deputy kind of goes. <laughs> um, but I was just wondering because this this reminded me it's a less crude version of the businessman in the elevator in the first book, but there's a similarity, and especially it completely sets up what happens with Clarice and Crawford in front of the sheriff. That exchange, which happens in this chapter, and. It just seemed like Thomas Harris was commenting on the pervasive nature of sexism. This and how uh, women suf suffer at the hands of even the most minor characters. Like it's just always there. It's yeah, just a, it's a, it's, it's, um, environmental. Yeah. That's a fun and insightful, uh, look, I hadn't really considered it in, in those terms. Um, yeah, I know. I, uh, I'm with you, man. I, I feel like this whole section we're reading has an awful lot of that tone in it. An awful lot of that message about, uh, sexism starts to become less trans less hidden it, yeah it, 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 i mean it, crawford uh completely snubs her to, to gain ground with the other guy not because i mean he's doing it incredibly deliberately but it's still shitty and she calls him out for it later yeah um 
she leans into tropes that these guys recognize of the, you know, Southern mom, the Southern grandma to have clout with them because it's the only way she knows they're going to listen to her. It's it's there's a lot of that in this chapter. It's very interesting. Yeah. And then the only thing I I I liked and this is another movie uh observation in the book, there's a scene where behind her she heard the zipper of the body bag go down and that's completely included in the movie. And just those it's it's so reverent chill to the text. I I really appreciate that. In the movie did they put the Vaseline around their nostrils or on top of their front upper lip? The Vicks Vapor Rub, not Vaseline, because it's, oh, it's, right. it's menthol. In it. Right, right, right. Yeah. The, the... Um, I believe they just kind of smeared on like a mustache thing. That's what I remember doing. In the, yeah. in the book, they they make a specific note that it's around each nostril. Um, Which I think is a little more dumb because you got the mucous membranes there. And if you stretch that a little bit, you're going to have menthol burn in your nose. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! I think I think the movie did it in a way that makes way more sense. Well, it's also um, a quicker, a quicker, you know, visually communicative style. Or just smear it next. That's my notes for this chapter. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, then what's the next one? Chapter thirteen. Summary. As they're driven back to FBI headquarters, Crawford and Starling discuss the details of the case, the uniqueness of the cocoon, the leg burn, the victim's missing fingernails. Clarice lets Crawford know his behavior towards her in front of other law enforcement matters. He acknowledges the truth in her sentiment, and the chapter ends. But in acknowledging it, uh, kind of wins her over. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't say, "Ah, oh, you're full of shit. That ain't what's does, happening." Does not dismiss her. Goddamn, I would speak to my mother the same way I spoke to you, little girl. Right. Sorry, should I stop? It's, no, it's, no, it's a pretty good impression of Tommy Lee Jones and Coal Miner's daughter. Just, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I've never seen it, so I'm, just, I'm not. I have no, uh, no reaction to what you've said. Um, well, I'll, I take it as a compliment. I mean, it's more of a butcher holler accent than West Virginia, but it's good. Uh, just yeah, I just wrote it matters. I think we kind of covered that. It but, matters. Uh, matters, sir. The other men look at you to see how to act. It matters. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. Okay. Uh, the, you the, you the, gotta do that. It's, it's your job. No, I know that. I I'm just do, like I just, I'm just like. Sit here like ah, no, no, no. I'm sitting here trying to figure out because I didn't. There's not that many notes to take in, when these chapters are so short. And don't you so, worry, but don't you worry. Well, get into some I'm sure what I'm saying is the pauses you're hearing, the pauses you're so agitated by, they are me trying the last chance I have to pull something exciting, something exquisite out of the aether. And, and present it to you for all eternity to be saved on this silicon and nickel hardware system. Duly noted. Doug, now get on with the bug. I don't know what that is, but I love it. That's okay. <laughs> it matters, sir. Crawford performed a measurement on ah, his right, 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 scales. Right. Duly noted, <laughs> Starling. Now get on with the bug. Okay, cool, bug. cool, cool, cool. Good, great job. Um, I apologize for not being attuned uh rob what's the next thing we're about to discuss chapter 14 (laughs) all right summary in this chapter clarice visits the bug specialists in the smithsonian they're smart but weird dudes who help identify the cocoon from the elk river jane doe uh also starling gets asked out by one of them yeah as we find out later, she's not completely disinterested. Yeah, um, she. Uh, I I I like these dudes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. These I don't, guys I don't, great. Um, they're yeah. they're almost as perfectly done in the book as they are in the film. I think this is the point. I don't know if it was this point or or later because I think it happens again. But I think this might be the third explicit time someone has made on paper reference to Starling as a like possible as sort of a consort of, of sorts um, like where well, they're hitting on her is what I'm saying. Like this is the third oh, time oh, oh. where you, I think, I think, and I, I may be wrong, but I think that the first one is uh, what's his fucking name. Um, Chilton. Dr. Chilton. Sure. Chilton does it early. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you have the arguably the, the deputies we just discussed. And now these guys, and it starts it starts to feel like this is popping up a lot 
would you would you include in that Dr. Lecter's suggestion that uh, Crawford might be thinking these things? Um, no. He's at least bringing it up? No? Okay. No, no, but I would... Well, also there's this sequence at some point in these chapters where Cleary sort of, like, mentions that she's kind of hot for Crawford. Oh, I didn't think it was that. I thought... Are you talking about the line where it said she would kill for him? I guess I am talking about that. I I just read that as she was, like, his... She was now his dutiful um, lieutenant, you know, his apostle, if you will, his she she my my life for you trash can. I'm I'm gonna have to give you the benefit of the doubt here because you've read this book before. Uh, but that was how I heard it, considering okay. all the other all the other things we've been reading. Okay. I I I, I <laughs> I'm famously bad at picking up on those kinds of clues, so I can also take but, yours with a grain of salt lick. Cool, that's great. But I, I will point out that both both options are com- are equally re- uh, like possible con- giving the sentence structure. Sure. The idea of she would kill for him could easily mean like to oh. po- to possess him, or I yeah. I, until you said it just now, I wasn't even hearing it that way. I'm like, how is he taking that? But no, she would kill for him. Like she yeah, like if like, someone's like to I get would, that Crawford ass, I would kill for a banana cream pie. Sure, you got it. I'm like, now. okay. Yeah, so like if you say it like that, it's not like saying I am loyal to this <laughs> decadent dessert and I would <laughs> kill anyone who tried to harm it. Right. No, no. Okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, the, so uh, all the nerdy things that Rodin and Pilcher do are pretty much displayed in the movie. Yeah. With the, the bugs on the chessboard and, and the arguing. Um, but... A thing that I really liked that was not is when she gets to the Smithsonian, she's walking with the guard. The guard talks, either the guard or the narration, I'm sorry, I don't remember which, talks about how there's an ongoing battle between the entomologists, the anthropologists, and the people in agriculture about what floor is which because of sub-basements and reconstructions and everyone had a case for it being the second, third, or fourth floor. I thought that was really fun. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder, I do wonder if that's something that in studying at the Smithsonian to, to pick up on shit, he found they actually do. I would not I, be surprised. I, neat, same. I would be, I would accept it right away. Um, and the only other thing I've got here, uh, and I feel this is just uh, Harris show, showing us his hand a little bit, is when Pilcher asks Starling out. You with me? Yeah, I'm listening. Okay. He asks her about the cheeseburgers and beer. Or or amusing table one or whatever. Right. He said, "Will you go for some with me now?" And she declines, which is fine. But it's so oddly formal. It reminded me of Francis Dollaride asking if Reba would go with him for his pleasure. And I just, I'm just, I think. Maybe he's he's like, "Will you drive with me?" Because she wanted to ride home, but the other guy blocked it for her. And she's like, "No." He said, "Will you do it with me for my pleasure?" And like, it's just I think Thomas Harris is oddly formal when it comes to courtship. Well, and I found that interesting. Maybe I mean, has he, has he described a courtship in here that is not odd, odd or formal, oddly formal? I have not run into one yet. I guess we don't the know how de- Will courted Molly. Well, the description of how Jack Crawford courts Bella in the show, which is either in this book or in the next book, isn't awkward or weird i don't think well not awkward but it could be still kind of there's a formality to it maybe i'm just Um, i'm just thinking of proper southern gentlemen you know mm. i was charmed (laughs) well now i know that the way to your heart is formality sir I'll be courteous and receptive to courtesy. <laughs> I I know what I know what that's I I mean I've read the I've I know. Yeah, you got that one. All right, what's the okay. next place we're going? Chapter fifteen. Summary: Catherine Baker Martin's attacked and abducted by Buffalo Bill. Do I have to summarize the scenes that are straight out of the movie? Nah. She walks outside of her apartment and helps a stranger load a couch into a van when he attacks her. He's no relieved. Tom Petty playing. He's relieved to find she's heavy set. It's the politest way I can describe what he does. Big boned, full figured. 
roomy. Yeah, but what I mean is like what he does to her to satisfy his curiosity about her. Oh, 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 amplitude. Oh, oh, oh. when yes, okay, that is not in the movie. You're right. No, it's not. Um, if you've read the book, you if you've read the book, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, but you've also read the book, um, then what he does is he is. If you haven't, but you've also seen the movie. If you haven't read the book, but you've also read the book, what? then just, f- just stop interrupting me. <laughs> just take it from the top. All right. If you haven't read the book, but you've also had read the book, uh, what he does to her is he inspects the attributes of his future vest. With some prodding. Yes. Yep. Um, I don't really have, uh, notes on this chapter. Oh, this was the chapter where I put my book down and called my daughter downstairs to ask her how she would proceed were she in a parking lot at night, uh, deserted and asked by a stranger, uh, if she would help him load furniture. She was like, no, it might make me a bad person, but no. And I'm like, you're a good person. And that was a good answer. (laughs) Good kid. Good kid. Um, I do have a note here in this chapter. Some of the wording in this chapter is weird. No one thinks, I can't wait to get home to my two-story house before they think, I can't wait to get home. It's odd. I didn't consider that him thinking that. I consider that the narration saying, and Lecter and Crawford were right about him having a two-story home. I know that that's why it's included. What I'm saying is it's clump. It's weird. It's a little it's awkward clunky for you. Yeah. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it comes off like, Oh, you were, you were reminding me that this guy does indeed have a two story home. What a fucking weird way to do that. Like, why couldn't okay. you just like way fucking later, just ha- when, when Clarice shows up to his house, be like, it's two stories. Fine. That's, that's fair. Um, it, it being here, it being here feels premature and okay. out of place and that's the way i can describe it politely um i think that's a fair criticism or observation rob yeah what's the next section of pages we read Go well on. that's chapter 16 doug summary <laughs> jack crawford and the fbi director have a phone conversation discussing the Catherine baker martin case with special attention to the fact that she's the daughter of a sitting United States Senator. This may be uh, clunky. This note may be clunky on par with working in that it's a two-story house, but it occurred to me that this, the, the, usually the conceit is you never know who the killer might be. That's why you aren't necessarily rude to people. You aren't, you know, just gregariously mean because you never know when someone's got a gun or they can just, you know, take some sort of revenge, petty or corporal on you. Or and just to help emphasize your point, uh, e- things that are even less logical, they could be just fucking crazy. Sure. And sure, the sure, sure, thing sure. you say benign or mal- like malicious could be the thing that sets them off. The But I, it occurred to me that specifically there's an inversion of that here because you don't necessarily know who your victim is either. Right. And Buffalo Bill got a whole lot of unwanted attention because he took the senator's daughter. And it's right. just kind of a fun playing with that trope. Yeah. It also is a fun like way to add like serious suspense. Like you need a way you need a way for the for the story to get to, to pick up pace. Light a fire. Yeah, and so like making and to justify how quickly the FBI is going to respond to this arguably unrelated missing person is to add the added like authority of a United States senator being personally invested. It's in not this that her life matters picture. more, but it's that it's going to be treated like it matters more. It's not that her life matters more. It's that the people to whom her life matters, they have the luxury of being able to invest in her return more so than other people may Uh, other other loved ones of uh other victims yeah 
So in a way, she really does matter more. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the rich matter more. I That's mean, the way economy works, people. Have you tried people. not being poor? Just give it a shot. My note here, uh, it took me a second or two to realize the use of the word leer in this chapter meant learjet. Oh, yeah, because those don't really exist anymore. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Well, I don't know if they do or not, honestly. But no, I, just, I'm, it, I'm, I'm, I always get it mixed up with Concords. Oh, okay. Yeah, Lear's just private chest, right? Private <sighs> jet, not, I think. Probably. Concord was the one that was supersonic. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what I know is that I never hear it referred to as a Lear jet anymore. I know. I feel like that was a thing in the 80s and 90s to refer to any type of plane as a Lear jet. It would be appropriately referred to, but what I'm saying is like, now people just say private jet. Or I think that they were probably else. one of the first to make private like jets. Brand? And it, yeah. And then over time, it was just, well, we have these other brands that are equally, if not more luxurious than Lear. So right. to say Lear now, you just look outre. It's like, oh, I got a Rolex and I'm taking my Lear jet and I'll drive my Rolls Royce. <laughs> hey, everybody, look, it's the Wolf of Wall Street over here. It's, <laughs> it's the richest guy from 1985. Get a yeah, picture. Exactly. Um, okay. <laughs> um, do you have any more notes in that chapter? No, I don't. What's the, what's follows 16? Well, famously, it's diciassetta. Whoa. Italiano. Por favore. Seven, 17. Um, summary. God, I hope I said that right. <laughs> I'm not the one who can tell you. Summary. Clarice spends time worrying about her classes and the Catherine Baker Martin case. Jack Crawford calls her and requests she meet him at the Smithsonian. Boom, boom. I think this is like a two-page chapter, so it just it it is is what it is. Not much notes, but I really enjoyed Ardelia being like, fuck that. The kudos are great. Make sure he doesn't let you get recycled into, you know, basically repeat the year. Right. Uh, All right. Well, let's... Oh, good. No, 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 no. Couldn't agree more. What's next? Chapter 18. Summary. Jack Crawford reveals the decapitated head Clarice discovered earlier also had a bug cocoon in its throat, suggesting Hannibal Lecter knows more about this case than he's letting on. Crawford wants Clarice to speak to Lecter and see if he'll talk. Yep, it's a serviceable scene, although I'm going to say... And, and this is actually, I was actually saving this for a little later, but I'll go ahead and say it now. This is the first instance of why I feel the movie is stronger, because this scene is referenced with a line in the movie. And that probably would have worked here to just say they dug. I mean, I know he likes to show the procedure of things. Um, it's got kind of a chain of evidence going throughout the books, but... It worked just as fine to say, just like the one they dug out of Benjamin Raspell's or whatever's head. I uh, was ta- after after reading these chapters in, I was talking to, with my wife while we walked our dogs, and I told her something similar to what you said. I said, you know, the problem with this book is that it's 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 much. It takes much more time to read this book with when the movie does such a good job of doing of telling this story faithfully in like two hours yeah and and so it's hard to to say that i would recommend anyone read this book over watching the movie for the same story exactly and my big linchpin moment will be coming up but i completely agree with you but i i also the 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 caveat that i like to give those kind of criticisms is there is however absolutely reason to read this book for the prose of it all to, oh, to, yeah. to experience like Thomas Harris as a writer is distinctly different from experiencing uh, Jonathan Demi as a director. There's merit. Yeah. And, and especially if you're talking about like his characterizations, his ter- phrase turning his, uh, he, he does a lot of very interesting things in his writing. But again, you really have to be a person who wants that out of their entertainment versus mm-hmm. just wanting to see the story. Right. If you just want to consume the story, it would be more efficient and possibly a better time if you just watch the movie. Exactly. Um, all right. Uh, what's, what's next? Chapter 19. Summary. 
Crawford and Starling go over their plan to pump Lecter for information about Buffalo Bill. Pump it. They need him to believe he'll get a nice room with a view for helping. <laughs> and if he doesn't help, I see what or, you if, did there. or if Catherine dies before Lecter's insights lead to her rescue, then it'll be then, Howard's in for you, see? Then their failure was due to Hannibal's stupidity and nothing else. Because, because Anthony Hopkins was in room with a view. You just really love the, the pauses, don't you? <laughs> That's when I get to talk. Do you want to read that again? We no, I again. don't. It's just... <laughs> I want a clean one, so that can be... No, the it's fine. Thing. It's not going to get one. It's uh, it's going to be that one. <sighs> fine. Fine. <laughs> Rude. Uh, sorry, what was this chapter about, though? Do you have any notes? I do have a note. Oh, great. Oh, well, my note is literally... Okay, it's it's something like what I just said, but more specific. Uh, the note is, it's very difficult to take notes on a book that so closely follows a film I'm so familiar with. It's almost like the inverse of True Grit, because that book was so small. This book feels like it's taking forever to accomplish what the movie did uh, so efficiently. Mm-hmm. So it's already what we talked about, just adding the bit about how True Grit was kind of, it wasn't, you know, we didn't read True Grit in two hours, but like it was so fast and so Mm -hmm. lean that I didn't really feel like I was reading more than was necessary. Uh, And I'm not, I don't, again, I wouldn't say that I do feel like I'm reading more than is necessary in this book. I do, however, feel like. Once we finish, I don't know if I'd ever revisit the book again unless I was trying to do something high art with it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, You didn't have any notes, I take it, in that? No. no. Okay. Uh, Then the next section of reading is... Chapter 20. Summary. We get our first real look at James Gum as he prepares a meal of titty nope for the captured Catherine Baker Martin. We learn he's a person intent on body modification and effeminate affectations who does indeed sometimes tuck his genitals behind his legs. We should probably get into the uh, transgender aspect of this. If you'd like to. I've heard a lot of criticism about this book and a lot more lately. Mm. And I know in the movie and I think perhaps in this book, yeah, because the idea hasn't yet been floated. I think it may come up in this book. Harris tries to get by with saying uh, that James Gum is not a transsexual um, because they're usually very passive. Somehow that comes up. It's still a negative portrayal and still kind of enforces that mad, quote-unquote, transvestite stereotype. And I, I just kind of think it's the vocabulary he had to deal with at the time. Does the word transvestite show up or transsexual show up? Um, I believe they do come up later. Okay. I'm jumping the gun on that. I couldn't remember. I, I couldn't I couldn't recall reading them yet. Mm-hmm. So. But it's just the affect. I mean, we're, inter- we're, we're properly introduced to his personality, his, his sort of mania at this point. So I just thought it would be something to touch on. It, it's probably the part of the book that doesn't age well. Do you have thoughts on this? <laughs> oh, I'm your I'm your life raft. Um, well, I, mean, I, 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 just, I thought we were gonna have a discussion, and I'm just saying things, and you're sitting there looking at me. So yeah, well, it's fine. This is, I mean, it's a you're asking me to to jump into a topic that is very sensitive <laughs> to a lot of people, and in, in about which I have very little uh, insight to offer. Well, I mean, you don't have a lot of insight in. Uh corpse identification or fbi procedure or uh sure but the people who are uh who are familiar with those things yeah they don't tend to be super sensitive about other people amateurs if you will weighing in on it um i guess i always i thought that there was something in this story where thomas harris tries to suggest that james gum I remember it being something from the movie. It must have been that, that it wasn't so much that he wasn't a transsexual because of his because they are 
uh, nonviolent I, or something. I, 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 I have said all this in this conversation. Hold on. Okay. My, I'm saying <laughs> it, I didn't remember that happening. What I remembered was it was something more along the lines of he isn't a transsexual because it isn't the, his issue isn't that he feels like he should he would like to be or what's the right way to say it? it's not that he feels like he has always been a woman it is or it is that he hates himself for being a man or something like that for being male and like wants to feel like he has a separate disconnect that in his psychosis that is like the, the part of like he's not trying to change his own body in a way that would be well he is sort of but like that is healthy he's doing right. it in a, in a deeply unhealthy way and i think that like in in much the same way you can do other non trans specific body modifications in a healthy way you can right. do them in an unhealthy way too I, I i believe the passage or the section is there's no history of violence in transsexuals transsexuals are very passive He's not a real transsexual, but he thinks he is. He tries to be. Yeah, that He's one. tried to be a lot of things, I expect. Yes, that's, that's, the, that's, that's what the, you're talking about. Yeah, that's the part I'm referring to. I, I, I agree. I just... The argument has been floated, and again, I can't really speak to it, but it should be at least addressed, that that, that's, that those couple of lines aren't enough. And they're certainly oh, not oh. enough. Oh, sorry. I, I th- I, you're, you were correct. I think I now understand what your point is. Go oh, ahead. okay. So what, what did you thought my point was? I thought your point was just simply about the sensitivity of the subject matter, not that this oh, no. portrayal of this character in this way could have led to a misrepresentation of the uh, demographic. Well, then I'm sorry I wasn't clearer. No, no, no. I, I, I am very obstinate and didn't <laughs> and, and 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 dull and and stupid, and I didn't see it. Um, well, all those but I do true, now. But. I do now, and I, I and I can see that uh, I I feel like there's some on some of that coverage on the Criterion Blu-ray. I think you might be right. I think that's true. Because um, I believe there was like an outcry. From, there was an outcry from specifically. Here's the funny thing. My memory. God damn! I wish I'd watched this before talking about it. But I, my memory is that is that it wasn't, it wasn't specifically a transsexual movement, but a, but a. a like a gay movement like uh, that homosexual specifically felt like this movie was targeting them possibly i think the 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 tricky thing is in like 88 89 there was a lot more gay just was the umbrella yeah yeah and, yeah. and so and so everyone assumed that transsexual fell into the gay umbrella and so people like glad had to just defend that not that they wouldn't anyways, but but under the sure. auspices of gay. Um, right. And yeah, no, that was a big thing. And I, I know that Jonathan Demi felt bad about it. And like his next movie was sort of an apology or he did Philadelphia. That's what yeah, it was. That's right. My memory is that he did Philadelphia. Because of this. Um, <laughs> so all's well that aids well. <laughs> I Yeah. I. It's a horrific idea. To skin women to make an outfit. <laughs> Decon- no, I'm just like, like like deconstructing it, going, what would that monster be like? I can totally see how Thomas Harris, with what he had to work with at the time, come up with this. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess it's just like you only hear about the people who were upset about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I would imagine that there's some section of people who read it and went, oh, like this isn't supposed to represent someone like me. Sure. And or, or or and obviously because I would never do this. But then there's right. the other side of it that's like, wh- which side has more people? The people who read this and go, "Oh shit, this is exactly what those evil sinners do." I actually think it's a third thing. I think it's the people reading this who go, "Oh, this is not me," but oh shit, this is what everyone's gonna think I am, because they're not gonna pay attention to that one line. They're gonna see the guy in the suit being creepy. Yeah. But I would have to defer to them about like what's real in their life. Like for, for what I mean by that is like, I personally have received very little harassment, like, like, like harassment for being gay. I've received very little for, of that. And you have? yeah. 
and 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 so I imagine that someone who is 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 gay <laughs> has received quite a bit more than sure. I have. So, like, I got to imagine that like if they're if they are feeling like they are being that this story influenced their harassers enough to be upset about it. I guess I have to trust that. That's what I'm saying. Okay, then we're in agreement. Yeah, no, we're totally in agreement. That's what I'm saying. They're reading this and going, uh, maybe not direct. I think the outcry is from reading this and the fear that it will influence the harassers since they already have a good idea of what the harassers have done in the past. They're like, oh, yeah. shit, this is just more fuel in the fire. Right. Okay. We're on the same page. Well, I, I, think, I think my sticking point was just the difference between the theoretical could be more fuel to the fire to actually is and is affecting me being like... I feel like those are two. No, I'm I'm employing Will Graham esque empathy to try to get inside the head of the person reading this. Yeah. Okay. I, I, so I, so it, it is a what if? Yes. Yeah. It is conjecture. Well, both are both are. But what I, the the distinction I, again? I don't. It might be not worth making, but is is between someone saying I'm going to protest a film because I'm a, I'm concerned this film will affect people to do something, versus mm-hmm. saying I am experiencing the effects of this film of people doing the thing other people just fear that they will do, but they've actually started to do it to me. They've actually started to use the language of this film against me to target me. And that's to me, there's a difference between the hypothetical threat and then the very real threat. And I would like to live in a world where people only are are protesting things that are real. (laughs) Um, Cause I don't I can only speak for myself, but I, I, I don't think I, I can't remember, but I'm fairly certain judging who I am today that I did not have these conceptions about that. This is what transsexuals were like or did. Um, I certainly understood he was an aberration, even at 12. It, but, but this was this was yeah. this was a thing that was only uh, in his brain. So I would I, I guess like we all have our own bubbles. And so for me, like that, that would be what I would expect everyone to take away from it. But I also have to accept that that's not necessarily the case. I think it's most often not the case, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm just saying now I'm speaking from personal experience of whenever I assume other people think like me is usually when they get into the hottest water. Ah, yeah. Fair. Um, well, anyway, um, I, anyway, I was far too young when this film came out and not even probably alive when the book came out um, to really know anything about that. But I, I would feel bad. I, I, I mean, if someone told me a story or, or like if I had seen evidence that corroborated a, a, a like correlation between the popularity of this story and like anti-gay, anti, anti-LGBTQ plus people... Mm-hmm. specifically tied to the popularity of this this story that would bum me out oh i would absolutely be bummed out but i would find it i guess what i'm the reason i worded it that way is that it would i would find it challenging to make that causal causal argument without it being a very anecdotal experience i don't think i agree with that but i don't think i can rebut it without a lot more conjecture and hypothetical scenarios. Because again, the problem I have isn't that I could believe that it would. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the conjecture. I believe right. it could. Whether or not it did, I am right. not qualified to weigh in. Oh, on. I'm not. I would, I'm, I, yeah, I don't even know if it did. I'm saying I'm, I'm just explaining why there was outcry. Oh yeah, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, I guess the thing I'm struggling with is like I just want to make it clear that uh, I don't we we don't think that this is a uh, average representation of a healthy person. <laughs> uh, Agreed. So, do you want to move on from that? Um, I don't know. Um, no, do you have any more on the specific topic? I mean, yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that is worth saying. Okay, I have one more. Not so serious note in this chapter. If you have any, I have a, I have a, I have a note in this chapter. Yes. Okay. What's not, your note? Okay. Well, my note 
is that it's interesting that Harris wrote James Gum insists on being called James when it, with a silent S, despite his name being spelled James. But when he writes his name in the text, he writes it as James. Very strange. Why write it incorrectly if there's a good reason? Why insist on the distinction at all? I'm not sure that's what I got from this. In the shower was James Gum, white male, 34, 6 feet 1, 205 pounds, brown and blue, no distinguishing marks. He pronounces his first name like James without the S, James. He insists on it. Nor does it say it's his official, the James' oh. official name. Okay, I misunderstood. And it, it very well could be at this point. Um, but, but it could also be... It could also be kind of like a dead name situation where this is his chosen name could be it's a very interesting name james i don't think i've ever heard it anywhere else yeah at least not that wasn't a reference to this right uh it's it's a weird chapter with all of his affectation and talking to the dog and you don't even realize i mean you realize pretty early but there's not even the official moment in the book where the book shows you that Catherine is there until the very end uh, but there's this weird line that just caught my eye where it says, Mr. Gum liked to go to bed. He did it several times a night. And I'm like, that just sounds like a children's book. <laughs> Buffalo Bill goes to the market. I don't know. It's, it's, that's a Mr. Popper's penguin shit right there. It, it, I, I think, well, yes. Lyle the crocodile it, would have a yeah, line like that. I, I, I can see where you're coming from. I, I took it as, I think it was hopefully intended which is to suggest that james gun gum likes his leisure he likes being living a life of some luxury of being pampered and so going to bed is a fun thing to do that's a process yes it is it's 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 this whole thing where he can he can do the do the ritual the soothing routine and get himself tucked in and then find himself still full of energy and do it again but the line uh, caught my eye, and I was amused. Motherfucker. <laughs> what? What? You know what you did? Could you possibly... You, are, you, are you... Hold on a second. I, let's rewind the tape. Are you accusing me of hiding something? Fuck you. <laughs> something that arguably could be in plain view, but I have taken it and strategically woven it behind a flesh curtain (laughs) oh my god let's move on (laughs) (laughs) the only times i I wish we had a a video podcast was well and and listeners but (laughs) is Is the is for moments like that where you're like, <laughs> I say something completely innocuous, and then you stare daggers at me, and I feel like it would be, it would play just better on video. <laughs> Wait for um, Death Readers: The Next Generation. <laughs> yeah, the real Death Readers. <laughs> All right, uh, what's the next chapter? Chapter twenty-one. Summary. Clarice must get past Chilton before she can interview Lecter. Chilton asks her to wear a wire, and she refuses. He objects, and in doing so reveals a scrap of personal detail exposing the lonely, desperate existence, or his lonely, desperate existence to Clarice. Knowing he's embarrassed himself, Chilton lets her see Lecter unwired. Uh, my, My only note in this chapter is that before reading this, I've, I've had this experience before, but this just reminded me of this experience of sometimes I extend my empathy to others to a place where I can recognize that they probably have exceptionally lonely lives mm-hmm. and in some way like like partnerless lives. Sure. Uh, and when I do that, I not only feel great sadness for what that must feel like, but also great gratitude for not having to live like that uh, for, for my partner and my life and all my good fortune as humble as it may be. And to be clear, there's nothing wrong with having a partnerless life, 
but it's clear that it affects Chilton. My empathy wouldn't extend to someone who wasn't bothered by it. Right, right. Um, so, so, but for Chilton and some people who I do know and I suspect are unsatisfied with their... Yeah, there's other people who I, I look at and I and I, I it's a strange feeling because it's like is it is it is it pity or is there another something there? Because uh, nobody wants to be pitied, right? Like to be pitiful is to truly have lost. It's it. So you don't. That's a hard one. You don't really want to be that. But like, I can't think of what what that like. It's that like <laughs> it's that like feeling of like th- there but for the grace of God. <laughs> I mean, it might be pity, actually. It's pity's not necessarily a bad emotion, but it might just be, you know, empathy taken to its last level where it's like, I can't do anything for you. Pity, though, feels like it's when empathy jumps the shark to judgment. You think? I, I think I must be because, like, okay. like I, I can be empathetic for someone and feel feel a sort of, like, visceral feeling to what they, like, a... Uh, a vicarious feeling like a, yeah. a, a, a sympathy pain, if you will. But like once you get to the point where you no longer have those feelings and you just feel because the feeling bad for someone that comes with pity is almost exclusively judgment. Like it's like, Oh, you pathetic thing. Oh, you mm. like, like you, you helpless wretch. Like I, I don't feel like pity goes along with any other kind of like, I've, I, at least as far as I understand, it doesn't go along with like other emotions. It mostly comes from this, like this position of being like, Oh God, this is, this is so awful. I just don't, I, I couldn't even bear to be a part of it. Okay. Um, so I have to watch that with when I'm, when I'm empathizing with these people, because it's not, that's not nice. Um, these to, people to think of them that way. But then again, again, and it just to, to reiterate your point, cause I'm grateful you made it. Uh, I also have, Plenty of acquaintances and friends who are single, who are not pitiable or sad about it, at least outwardly. Um, and they're great people. So if you are one of those people, just understand, I'm probably not talking about It's not about all about me. you. Well, no. No, I, not, I, I hear what you're saying. It's about us. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. So you got any notes in that chapter? I don't. What's the next one? Chapter 22. Summary. Clarice and Lecter have their first round of conversations about Buffalo Bill. They establish a trading system wherein Clarice shares personal information about herself and Hannibal shares what he knows about Bill. Clarice shared a story about her father dying and Hannibal hints that Bill wants, and I quote, a vest with tits on it. So there you go, guys. That's what I was referencing earlier when I was saying the thing about the vest is a... He fondles Catherine's breasts in the back of his van while she, after he knocks her unconscious. Okay. That's what we were trying to tiptoe around earlier. But listen, if you're listening to a podcast about <laughs> silence of the lambs, there's a, there's a fucking chapter in here where a dude throws his cum on a girl's face as, as a, as a horrible thing that he does. So I don't feel like I should handle your judgment listener about us discussing the very subject you're voluntarily listening to. I will not be censored. So I got to know. Okay. What? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just gathering to, your thoughts. No, I'm not gathering my thoughts. I'm like, I'm like, how can we make this less of a cliff dive into my topic? Want more of a gradient. <laughs> well, good luck. Yeah, thanks. Um, here's a passage from this chapter. Starling found that she thought of Catherine Baker Martin as the child she'd seen in the film on the news, the little girl in the sailboat. And this just seems like it is prefacing where this book will go. That is, is the first sign, I think, of... Or the first real sign I've seen of Clarice's tendency to need to save mm. defenseless people or creatures. Right. That's okay. it, much in the way that Senator Ruth Martin hopes 
that Buffalo Bill will see Catherine as a person and make it harder to tear her up. Clarice is already there. She sees her as a little girl well, who needs to be saved. But would she have if she hadn't seen that footage? And if that's the question, if that is if that is the case that she wouldn't have, mm-hmm. then while Hannibal suggests that the showing of that footage was, I think he said, like, clumsy or, or ill-advised or something, uh, perhaps it would be if you're to reach Buffalo Bill. But if the showing of that video reached Clarice and caused her to go the extra mile to save Catherine, mm-hmm. then was it not worth it? Yeah, no, did absolutely. It, did it not succeed and serve its purpose? If if anyone seeing that video was motivated, was motivated by it to, to take actions to save Catherine. Sure. I think that's I an think, interesting point. I think you made an interesting point. Well, it was, it was an alley. Yeah, you, I mean, I, you, you rode on my back, but I knew you were going to sting me. One of those is the thing you do to help someone. Right. And the other is an Aesop fable. Well, I mean, the frog was helping the scorpion. No, I'm saying I was, I I took it as I was helping you make your point. And you're saying that I stung you. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm still waiting for this thing. It's going to happen. I'm saying we're two frogs and you're saying, get off my back, scorpion. (laughs) Get off my back, scorpion. I like it. Uh, are you done with that chapter? No, I have one other note. You have okay. Notes? I have no. I have one more note in the next chapter. Okay. Well, Why? this is the. I, I've got a couple of moments in this book where I'm like, this is the moment. <laughs> and for me, this is the moment where I have for years said, this is why the movie is better than the book. Mm. Because the movie, pres- you see things and you can put it together, but there's still a turn where Clarice figures out what's going on. Mm hmm. And here Hannibal just tells her. Oh. And it's so much more effective when she sees the dressmaker darts pattern and figures it out in the movie. Right. And and you've gone along, and if you didn't notice other clues, you're like, oh, shit, that's really creepy. Um, And here Hannibal just gives it to her. And I'm like, it's always been lesser effective to me, or less effective because of that. And the vest with tits on it? The vest with tits on it. Yeah. It's right halfway, not even halfway, 40% of the book. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of all exposed right there, isn't it? Yep. It sure is. Wow, like, like with that tone, I I think you were accusing me of putting too fine a button on it or something. Like I think I was trying to say a too fine a point, but then it's like when you put a button on something, it's like you're in, you're like capping it off, like you're yeah, finishing you tie it. Tie a bow and on it's it. Like that's a, another one. Well, it's also like a sewing thing, so I was trying to like oh, loop that in because it's a it's a textile kind of. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because he's he's sewing. He's sewing people's skin. Right. He's a little tailor. He's a brave little tailor. So, so the next the next chapter. <laughs> Twenty chapter twenty three. All right. Summary. Catherine Baker Martin takes stock of her surroundings. She's in a smooth pit with a futon and chicken bones. She concludes she's been kidnapped, and her kidnapper is Buffalo Bill. Neither bargaining nor empathy will work on him. So she screams. She screams real good. Well, that's I don't have any notes, so... <laughs> I'm sorry, was that creepy? I, didn't mean I just it. wanted to move past it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, it, maybe it came out wrong. You're doing that thing that uh, the video podcast fans will love if we have them, <laughs> which we don't. Okay. Yeah, I've got I've got no notes on this chapter. Do you have any notes? No, I have nothing. <laughs> it's got... it's spooky. It's it's a it's a creepy moment when she realizes exactly how dire her predicament is. Yeah, it is, but it's, it, it is, and and if we hadn't already known all of that, it might have been worse. But like, sure, we do already know everything. I don't, that she I don't exper- know if there's a way we could have not known it. The book would have had to preface the existence of Buffalo Bill and have her in that situation, and we would have put that together already. I think. I, I feel like in the movie they do a good job of you not knowing that she's in a pit before she's suddenly in the pit. Yeah, but there's still that moment where she sees the fingernails and realizes there's been people here before her, and but that... those those happen separately. I think they're different scenes. If I'm not, I don't think they're different scenes. They're not. Well, what Maybe I guess I'm what wrong. I'm saying no, is like in, in right, this, and I'm wrong. 
either way, like, there's some way that this isn't a reveal in the book. It's not a reveal. It's not a reveal, but I guess just in that empathic way, going along for the ride, it feels creepy. I'm not surprised by it. No, but but, but the thing about it that's supposed to be so impactful is that is you're experiencing her realization of her predicament and, and, and the part where he says like that her brain works too well and she figures out where she is mm-hmm. and then that knowledge damns her. That's right. the part that's creepy about this chapter. Okay. It but the, the and that's my problem is it's like it's 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 diet coke you know it's it's like the it's like a it's a light version of the stuff we've already figured out from earlier cha- uh, chapters okay but it's it's also great i mean what am i talking <laughs> about you have any more notes in that chapter i do not so we can have a new word alert <laughs> Right, you ready? Mm-hmm. Peplum. Peplum or pablum? Peplum. Is it P-A-B or P-E-B? P-E-P-L-U-M. Oh, that's the word I was looking for. So funny story. I don't even remember how I pronounced it, but I was reading the chapter. Do you remember where it was? Yeah. Because I was just looking for it. Where was it? It's when she meets Chilton. Which because... It was when she meets Chilton. Okay. Um, and she's wearing... A suit that I believe is bisected by a peplum. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I, I figured it was kind of beltish, but I asked my wife, I'm like, do you know what a peplum is? And she's like, no. A peplum? I'm like, yeah, a peplum. She's like, no idea. And so I, I highlighted it and brought up the dictionary definition. I started reading it being a like kind of like a the cloth belt-like structure on a dress, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And she goes, oh, a paplum, sure. And I was just <laughs> at her. And also, why would you know what that was? And she says, because I'm a lady. And and you didn't like that answer. Well, I just, I, I mean, I'm a guy, but I don't know what a suity thing that I don't know is. You're, you're not wrong. <laughs> You're not, you're not wrong. So that's what a paplum is. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't accuse you of of not know of knowing what a sooty thing you don't know is. Well, look, Never I'm just saying. Happen. Look, I'm saying a lot of these, a lot of these dresses these days, they come with a built-in sashy belty thing made out of the same materials. The dress, it's a sashy belty thing. Why would I know that that has its own specific name? I'm not a couturier. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Because okay. I it don't I don't know what to say. It's you're you're not you're not under attack. I just everyone's coming at me like they're MIGs. <laughs> Gross. Um, okay, next word. Excoriate. Excoriate. We may have done this one before. Maybe. It shows how good I am at learning the words I learn. It's it sounds like digging up poop. What is it? Ew. No, it's a a verb to wear off the skin of, to abrade, or to censure scathingly. So what I was imagining the listeners doing when I was talking about the the vulgar nature of this book, I felt excoriated. So like a more abrasive exfoliate. Yes. Okay. But also, but also a second definition that means to like censor severely. Sure. All right. Uh, last one is where did it go? Uh, the word titty nope. Titty nope. Is it a bird? How do you spell it? T I T T Y N O P E. I have no idea. It's a noun that means a small quantity of anything left over from a like a meal. A doggy bag. Well, that would be you take the titty nope and put it into a bag to take it home. Okay. A titty nope. Well, I'm going to have to use that at the next family gathering. Please do. <laughs> that's all my words. That's, Did you have any words? No, I didn't. Uh, uh, Paplom was the only one, and I forgot what it was, and I hadn't written it down. So. Ah. 
Well, next time on Death Readers, we're going to read The Silence of the Lambs, chapters 24 through 35. Let me make a note here. 24 through 35, was it? Yes. 35. Would you like me to tell you which chapter you do not read? Um, I mean, if you feel like you want to. No. No, no, no. Is it necessary <laughs> for me to tell you which chapter not to read so that you don't have to ask me on the day of the recording? <laughs> well, I mean, just, just so everyone's clear, I'm going to say, I'm going to take a guess and say we don't read 36. That is so correct. Okay, well, I've got a note now. I've actually written okay, it down. Okay, good. Great. <laughs> really laughing at me because I called you this very afternoon to say, how far are we reading again? <laughs> no, I'm only laughing at you because you so earnestly and, and woundedly were like, you know, you don't have to say. <laughs> we, we read, we stop at this. Tra- I know what it means. And then like every fucking time since <laughs> then, which was like a year ago. <laughs> I have to, I have to tell you what chapter not to read, but every time you go, yeah, you can tell me if you want, but like if I don't, you always ask, wait, does this mean I read that chapter or pass that chapter? Every time, it's it's like the whole it's like the whole what is next weekend mean thing where it's like I dude don't get me started on next weekend. I've tried so hard to help you understand these things. Oh well, since we're talking about it, what does uh, half of nine mean? 8.30 or 9.30? Well, uh, I've never heard the term. Or 10 of 9? You've never heard of that? No. I think it's supposed to mean 8.50, but I'm, I'm always very unsure. And I'm like, can we explain what that means, please? I don't even... I don't... I'm I think it's an East Coast thing. But I've got more East Coast people in my life than you. I've got, like... I, I know half past or quarter till. Half past makes sense. Quarter till makes sense. It uses those articles that I understand. Right. Ten to nine, I would know what that means. Yeah, that's that's one fifty. I get that. Sure. Ten to one fifty. Do you mean eight fifty? Oh, I, I, you said nine. I heard two. <laughs> that's a whole different thing. What? What? <laughs> you said nine. I heard two. That's a whole different thing. That's not anything that makes any sense, man. <laughs> That's not a thing you can just write off and be like, oh, don't worry about that. I hear nine is two all the time. That's, that's fine. Um, I'm sure my brain had front-loaded two, and, and just, that just kind of overrode your example. Okay. <laughs> but I think the point is, I forgot what my point was. Okay. Oh, so here it is. So, so ten, ten of nine... Would I that mean nine ten? See, well, that's that's where I'm going with this. I think people use it to mean eight fifty, but I hear it as the tenth minute of the ninth hour, ten right. of nine. Right. Because that's how English works. That's why next right. next weekend means the next fucking weekend is not on the calendar, not the weekend after next. No, you just agreed with me. No, I don't. You've got it wrong again. Using the power of logic. No. I used a small example, then I took that mathematical formula and no. applied it to the other example and got the result I predicted. No. Well, okay, I, <laughs> the, the difference for me is the yeah. word the. Mm. Uh, this weekend sure. is the the weekend upcoming. Okay. Next weekend is the weekend after the up the, the upcoming weekend. You're not okay, hold saying... Hold on, hold on. Mm. Hold on. Mm. The next weekend Which would be... say. I didn't say that. The ne- I'm, I'm trying to, do, to explain why these two things are different. You may have heard me say that earlier. I'll let me start over. This weekend is the most is the soonest weekend to today in right. the future. Right. Next weekend is the weekend after that. Mm. The next weekend would be. Next week, like this weekend. What? Yeah. I'm so confused. I don't know why. <laughs> this is even more confusing than it was. Like if I said to you, yeah, when's the next weekend? What would you answer with? The next weekend after what? Today. Oh, well, that would be the one coming up. And so it'll be days. this weekend. Yeah. 
Right. You're catching up. Okay. So, and then I've said, what's the next weekend? If you used all those words in that order, I would say the weekend after that. That's exactly how you should consider it. Okay. <laughs> Every time. But you don't say the next week. You just say next weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to just intimate that the the is there in some sort of silent contraction. Or like how a lot of English shortens stuff up to, so we don't use as many yeah, words. Yeah, we use letters. So if you said to next weekend. No, sometimes there are words that are left out because they're not needed anymore. Well, I think they are. Well, okay. Just again, to help you. You don't have to fight this, but to help I, you. <laughs> I've been told recently, my wife said, I wake up fighting. Yeah, it's world. true. You do. You, you're like, you're like a, a baby raptor who doesn't know they don't need their egg tooth anymore. (laughs) You're still, you're you're like, you're, you've been born, but you're still fighting that egg. You're still trying to get out because just, just existing is, is, is claustrophobic. Man, once I get out of that egg though. (laughs) <laughs> then you'll all see you'll man, all the, fucking the see reality is keeping me down man well, well next episode chapters 24 through, through 35. 35 yes all right well that was death readers i'm doug i'm rob thanks for listening thank you if you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at Patreon slash Death Readers. And please discuss us extensively on Reddit. We can start the show for real now. Um, okay. Sorry. For what? We'll get through it for taking so long to get started. Nah. All right. Are you ready? I'm so ready. I'd rather you have all that vented so you can concentrate on what we're Thanks. here to do. I'm like, like, I'm like an emotional pimple. S- sponge. Okay. But pimple works. Well, I need, you need to purge me. I gotta, I gotta squeeze you. Ooh. I gotta lance you. Mm. Keep going. I can't wait to think of how you'll prick me next. I got a blackhead gun you. Okay, that well, you know, you I lost a little bit of the magic on that one, but um <laughs> it's fine. Okay, let's start the show. Sorry. You know, every time you say sorry, I have to cut that out too. I'm so sorry. God damn it. Did I tell you my J.K. Rowling thing? I know I told uh, you. Just, just, just a, a weird thing that occurred to me recently about her. Go for it. Or not even occurred to her about, not occurred to me about her, but I guess occurred to me about me about her. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking about her the other day and realized that I hear her with a southern accent now. A southern accent. A southern accent. I hear her with a southern accent. She likes to write books about little magical babies. I was just like, oh, that's weird. Now who's the racist? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Oh.